Spurs fans, welcome back to another Spurs and Salsa. I am your host, JD, and with me as always, the one and only Mouse is in the house. What's going on, JD? How you doing? Not too bad, man. Yourself? I'm doing good. We got somebody else with us. We sure do. He's back for his final appearance with his streak of Niners games through the playoffs. Joshy Spees has returned. Yeah, you you said my name, so you didn't really leave much for me to say. Uh, Joshy Spees. <laughs> you can say hi. <laughs> Usually you say introduce yourself, and I was about to say my own name, and then I just he, fell apart after that. I don't improv well. He threw you off. Yeah, we're learning yeah. that. We're learning that here. <laughs> hey, didn't, didn't y'all back in the day, like when y'all first started, J- Josh, didn't he used to say the, the Spanish number for the episode? Did, just there, I, I did. Yeah. I don't have a clue what episode this is. Can you just make up a big number in Spanish? Honestly, if I had to get to like uh, two or three hundred, I don't. Uh, I can't remember. Like, cien's a hundred, right? So, like, those cien something or other. I don't know. Okay. I've, it. I've, it's been so long. Yeah, I don't know what number this is. That's a good point. Look at Mouse. Did his research before he took over your role, Josh? Uh, did he take over mine? Well. I guess not you specifically, but but yeah, he's, he's. I'm just happy Big Joe's not a part of it anymore. That's what makes me happy. <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> personal. I <laughs> came out of nowhere, but I'm right. saying. <laughs> All right, let's dive right into it. Sorry, Big Joe. For the I'm just kidding. Shot. He knows I got nothing but love for him. I don't know, man. I've never heard you say a nice thing about him. <laughs> Big Joe is uh, a good man and he has a very respected profession and i appreciate him for what he does look at that that's very nice actually <laughs> and I, I you could say that was a very generic compliment but i think of compliments he, he really is just a good dude so yeah. good job mouse thanks i appreciate it i, I, I don't want to give give his details out so yeah i think it started generic and then it went personal enough to where it felt genuine but i think yeah, even knows. the genericness of it is, is an accurate statement i mean he's just he's a good dude yeah good people all right, all right big joe now we miss you so it's <laughs> been a roller it's been a roller coaster of two minutes for, for big joe <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's not even on here all right speaking of roller coasters uh dejounte murray initially didn't make the all-star team mm-hmm but due to uh, Draymond Green, not only did Draymond Green get hurt, but Draymond Green campaigned for him. DeJounte Murray made the all-star team. Yes. San Antonio, we have an all-star. Draymond Green is trying to make me like him. Um, yeah. I've never been his biggest fan, but this, this is a step in the right direction. He's and a good man. <laughs> Do you respect do you respect his profession? No, but he's a good man. <laughs> you know, he showed Pop some love during the Olympics. Wasn't it him that went on Instagram Live? Mm. Yep, it was. After the goal. So I started to like him then. And then this kind of put me over the top. You know what? I think I'm a dream on guy. I'm not cheering for him to win the NBA title or anything, but I like him. Yeah, I've, I've come around. But, uh, more importantly, good for DeJounte Murray. He deserves it. He's the heart and soul of this team. He, His stats are 
amazing. I think the fact that he starts with a triple-double as his average is very, very impressive. And I think the reason why it's not talked about more about how great his season has gone is because I think Russell Westbrook has kind of watered down the triple-double. But that's not Murray's problem. Uh, Murray's an all-star. It gives me a reason to watch the all-star game. And I think one thing that it does is it gives the Spurs at least an outside shot. It gives them, it gives the Spurs a selling point if they're trying to attract free agents, right? You need at least one all-star on your team to try to attract another all-star. We're in the age of players wanting to team up. Now you have someone where you can say, hey, you can come play with him to elevate this team. I don't know how much it's going to work, but it gives it gives you a bullet in the chamber for free agency. Yeah, I think I think it was big for him, but I think going off where you're, you're getting at is I think it was huge for, for our organization as a whole. And I got, yeah. you know, I, I kind of figured he was going to have to, that that was the way in for him was Draymond not, not playing. Um, and then, you know, they announced it and Draymond was on the, the reserves. And then when it, it came out that Draymond wasn't going to play, man, I was, I was, uh, I was like genuinely happy. Like, I can't remember how, I can't remember being that happy for an all-star appearance, like ever. Like it, it just felt really good to see him, uh, get it. It feels like he deserves it. Yeah. The only ones I could think of is maybe when Manu finally got one or two. Tony got to the point where he was getting a, quite a bit. Maybe Sean Elliott. Remember when Sean Elliott got one or yeah. two? Yeah, he did. He got. A, I think he got two. Yeah, so those would be the only ones that were kind of in the running of happy for them. Yeah. But this probably feels the best just because how we've seen him grow. And we've seen many Spurs grow into the role. But I think going into this year, we were hoping somebody grew into becoming an all-star, right? I think if we go back to our podcast before the season started, that was one of the main goals we needed out of this year. And Murray has filled at least that that goal. So good for him. Another thing too that's underrated is younger Spurs fans have somebody now. Yeah. And I, and I see that because I have two kids that are starting to watch Spurs. They need they need that player, right? Like you know, during the Cowboys season, my nine year old fell in love with Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs is that, that's his dude. Michael Parsons has also become that dude. Um, and we, we'll talk about football in a minute, but again, I think the Spurs needed a young guy. You know, us older people, and most Spurs fans, you know, we're, we're still hanging on to the big threes. You know, it's our all-time favorites, but, you know, my kids aren't going to see the big three play. They need, they need someone to reference when they're shooting, you know, when they're playing horse or, you know, playing one-on-one. Uh, that's just me looking at it from a, a dad perspective, but I guess it's a long way of saying we have a we have a face of the franchise now, and that's a starting point. If nothing else for this season, we've got a face of the franchise. We've got a building block. Now everything we do should be built around Dejounte Murray. Well said. Thanks. We got a we got the trade deadline coming tomorrow. Does that does that make DJ untouchable? It doesn't – pretty close. And I'm going to tell you why he's untouchable. Because you 
better if you're going to trade him, you better be getting an All Star in return. But I still think he's untouchable because he's such a bargain of a contract right now. You have an All Star at such a cheap a cheap value. You know what I mean? It's like if you you scratch off a dollar lottery ticket and you want a hundred thousand dollar ticket. Do you trade that in for another lottery ticket? I don't, I don't think so. He's he's such a good value. So it's not just getting another All Star. It's it's also about the value he brings. Because we just I mean five minutes ago I just said you could take all the cap space the Spurs have and throw it at throw it at a star or two and pair him up with Murray. And a big reason why you can do that is because Murray doesn't get paid at an all-star level. So I would make him not untouchable is the wrong word, but it's going to be a deal that really blows you away to get him off the Spurs. He's pretty close to untouchable. Yeah. Josh, what do you think? No, I don't trade him. Okay. You said that quick with conviction. Yeah. I mean, everything you said is accurate, and I just think he is a the type of spur that you want. I think we we have a good one here. I hope he makes it a career decision to stay here, but I guess a lot of that will have to do with what we do around him, but I, I think you keep him. Yeah, and he's 25, he's 25 years old. You have at least 10 more years of him in his prime, which is a long time. I mean, that's a long time. So are yeah. we three out of our prime since you said 35 is... Well, thanks, Josh. Well, I, he uh, said it. I'm just doing the math. Right. I didn't put it I didn't put it together. I can't dunk like that anymore, but... Yeah, I guess yeah. My three or four years ago. Can it, but when you go anymore. for a layup, can you slap the glass? Nope. No. <laughs> I can do one or the other. I can try to make the layup <laughs> or slap the glass, but... Those two things aren't both happening. And you're six foot, right? Yeah. <laughs> I panic if I well I, I don't play a lot of basketball, but if I get near the basket with nobody near me, I stop and pull up like I'm shooting a jumper because I I don't have the uh, like I can't do like a finger roll or like a normal layup like uh, yeah. Wait, square, man. wait, were all three of us on the same seventh grade basketball team? I I didn't play basketball. Oh no, just uh, have you have you seen my photo? I've I've tweeted it and I'm, I'm put it on it, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh and I were the were the shooters in that squad. No, I remember. <laughs> the, I was the guys. last one to make a basket that season. They put me in to try to hit a basket, just so I got two points, and I did. It was like a little bit. It was in like a corner shot, not near a corner three, but like just probably ten feet away from the basket. Knocked it you down. Were the, you were the guys that they saw on the court and said, "Man, they have a lot of hustle. They have a lot of yeah. heart." <laughs> yeah. they, they play the game the right way. The right way. <laughs> they try, the they try their best. We were the Spurs on the, the seventh grade basketball team. <laughs> the big fundamentals. <laughs> now, to y'all's credit and to our credit, the school we went to ended up, you know, the, the players we played with that were our grade, they ended up making several regional finals. And a year after we left high school, they won state, so... Yeah, is I gave a lot of motivational motivational speeches during the like the halftime and the seventh grade games. I probably <laughs> stuck with them. I bet you didn't yeah. speak a word in seventh grade. Yeah. Halftime. All right, so uh, we got Murray. Oh, go for it, Josh. What you got? I, I was. I don't know if either of y'all have been on Twitter um, in the last ten to twenty minutes, but you mentioned trades. Um, are we segueing Excuse into me. trades? Excuse me. Yes. 
Tease me. Well, there's somebody put a. Did you see the Spurs history? The the last time the Spurs made two trades in the same season. Mm -mm. No. So, any of y'all care to guess what season that was and possibly who the players involved were? This is the first time the Spurs have made two trades in the same season since. Any guess? Uh, Kawhi Leonard trade that year? I'm going to tell you much older than that. Wow. Was it when we got Glenn Robinson and somebody else? Nope. It was 1989-1990. Oh, wow. It was Maurice Cheeks to the Knicks for Rod Strickland. Oh, Rod Strickland was a bad man. Chris Welp to the Warriors for UA Blab. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That's a German name. I Googled him to see how to pronounce it. <laughs> well, I didn't know Mo Cheeks was on the Spurs. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, no, he went to the Knicks. But, yeah, he went from Spurs to the Knicks, obviously. So, yeah, that was the last time we made two. That's interesting. I remember interesting. I was in kindergarten, I think, and that was the first time I watched the Spurs, like, all the time. David Robinson, rookie year, I think. Terry Cummings, Willie Anderson, Sean Elliott, Rod Was that before or after Dwayne Shinsis with the, the mullet? Before. So Dwayne came before. in like 91. Early 90s, yeah. yeah. I wonder if he still has the mullet because now that it's back, like, if, he kept, oh. if he kept rocking it or, re, or grew it out. He's for sure got it. Yeah, he's got to have it. All right, so Josh, uh, he mentioned that the Spurs have made two trades. And I'm going blank on the first one. Well, the first one's the Forbes. Real quick before you do that, oh, uh, right. just yes. credit where it's due. Dan Weiss is the one who tweeted that. I don't want to steal his thunder. There you go. That's right. So the Spurs trade Forbes for a second-round pick and one Juancho. And they turn around, and I don't know how they did this, but they turned around and traded Juancho for Thomas Soto. No, Sadoransky. Sadoransky, that's right. Which is an expiring contract is all he is. And another second-round pick. So somehow Bryn Forbes has turned into two second-round picks in cap space. Oh, I think it's a 2027 second-round pick. Isn't that what the other one was, too? Was it? It was something late 20s, so about that, probably. So Bryn Forbes signed with the Spurs for a few months. And they ended up trading him around for two second-round picks, cap space, and $2.5 million in cash. Not bad for um, somebody that the Spurs fans basically ran out of town two years ago. Uh, They seem to be moving a lot of pieces around to make a ton of cap space. Because they already had a good amount of cap space going into next year. And all these trades. I mean, yeah, they've they've collected some draft picks for the future, but they've also created a ton of cap space. Now the trade deadline's tomorrow. What we're recording this on Wednesday night, right after the Spurs uh, fall to the Cavs. But it appears the Spurs are either gaining assets and cap space to trade tomorrow, or more likely. They're gaining a bunch of cap space to uh, make a move this offseason to pair with Murray, which I think is why I mentioned Murray being a more valuable piece now in free agency. 
mouse. I have no idea where your head's at with all this. <laughs> but the floor is yours, buddy. Wow. I'm uh, I'm happy with today's trade. It's Wancho. We got another. I mean, it's it's a second round pick, so I'm not jumping for joy, right? We we talk about their. We we don't get much out of the second round. It's not like the NFL. It's a it's a, it's a crapshoot of a of a pick. But um, we got rid of Wancho. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. What's gonna make me upset is not this trade. Is if they don't figure out a trade for Thad Young, and end up having to buy him out. So that's that's what I'm looking for. You, we talk about getting picks. If you can get a second round pick for Wancho, you better be able to get a couple of second round picks for Thaddeus Young. Right? We came in this year. You talked about how how big of a a veteran. He's a locker room guy. Teams around the league really like him. We were kind of applauded for getting him. Um, and you're going to tell me we can't trade him for anything? Or we're just going to buy him out? So that's that's kind of where my head's at in terms of the next 24 hours, or you know, by the time they hear this, where the trade deadline might might be out. Okay. Now, I saw Thad Young play live last week, and he hasn't played much. I don't know if we're getting anything for him. Um. Maybe somebody sees him as a short-term plug-and-play. The Suns seem to be the team that has some interest. But other than that, I don't know. I think for him, I'm fully expecting to have to buy him out and to have to hear you talk about it that <laughs> on this podcast. If we, if we buy him out, and we take a step back and we look back at that Demar trade. What what did we get for Demar first? And that's really it, uh, right? Because you're talking about a couple a couple of seconds down the road, but we know how seconds are. So we traded Demar for a first, traded an All Star player, MVP candidate for a first round pick, and that's it. Well, let's not act like we traded him like he was ours. He was a free agent who was going to be gone. You know what I mean? But it was still a trade that, that we made. Yeah, it's a sign-in trade. It's not like we were shopping. It's not like we were shopping him when he was under contract. So, yeah, if we if we don't get anything, all you got was $14.5 in cap space and a first and a second round pick. Yeah. I mean, I think at, at this point, I have to start to question Brian Wright's decisions as as our gm right like it's getting to that that point where we have to start looking at his well don't say we or no i as a as a fan base i think it is are we not can we not question him is it not right to look at it here and say okay what is he doing is he making the right decisions and i think turn chicken shit into chicken salad how well, you got two seconds for Bryn Forbes, and you're about to go into a much better free agency market with a ton of caps. Yeah, oh yeah. So that and that that's if if this free agency market in this upcoming offseason plays out well, I, I think that's that's great for him. Yeah, absolutely. But I think if we whiff, we have this cap space, and we whiff this summer. Oh yeah, 
we can have that conversation after. Yeah. I'm not gonna judge him if I'm not gonna judge him when Thaddeus Young gets bought out next week. Because he's yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying to judge him now. I'm just saying we need to start looking at that. Because again, getting two two draft picks for Bryn Forbes is pretty. Uh, that's some really good work. That's a, um, I you love these second round draft picks. I wish the, I wish you loved me the way you love these second round draft picks, Jandy. Because it's, because it's Bryn Forbes. I mean, it's <laughs> we're not trading. It's, it's, they're not trading Dejounte Murray for. Second round so, picks. So we so we can't you get have, we can't get a couple of picks for Thaddeus Young. We can't get one second round pick for Thad Young. Maybe, but it's it's more complicated than that because when you trade somebody that makes the amount of money that Young makes, the money has to even out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're either gonna take on fourteen million or so in contracts when you let him go. Or you're gonna, you know, or you're taking on expiring deals. You, you know what I mean? Sure. That that. So at the end of the day, even when they, even if they trade him, they're only gonna trade him for more expiring contracts. I'd be more upset with with Brian Wright if he traded Thaddeus Sung and saddled that contract with some like two two nobodies. You know what I mean? Two role players. I want the cap space. I don't want two, you know, two bench players that equal the fourteen million in return that are going to eat our cap for the next two or three years. That's what I mean, and I think that's why I think the buyout is more likely for Dad Young. I like stockpiling cap space. I think between who they just well, traded for Thomas and Dad, it's like twenty-five million in cap space. Here, here's the thing. The second season in a row, you're going to be talking about cap space, right? We came in last offseason, and you were talking about cap space. We couldn't make any decisions, and then you were like, okay, well, next year is the free agent year. Yeah. Next year, everybody's going to be free agents. We're going to have a lot of money. We're setting ourselves up. Yeah. So if we hit a home run this upcoming with our cap space that we're making all this move, making all these moves for, yeah. and we're great. I love it. But, again, if we come up short the way we did this past offseason with cap space – I'm not going to be happy, and I think Brian Wright needs to be looked at. Yeah, I could see that. I really could see that. Um, but I, I like that they're loading the gun. Like, they're putting a bunch of bullets in the chamber for the offseason. Because last year, there was, what, two big-time free agents? John Collins, and I'm sure I'm missing out on somebody else. But there wasn't a lot of big ticket free agents. Matter of fact, it was John Collins who was restricted. So once the Hawks decided they wanted him, it was over. And then Jared Allen. Allen, yeah. Rest- he was restricted also. Um, after that, the will was dry. And that's why I like the fact that they did this where they, you know, because you have to spend a certain amount. Or the, you know, there's like a floor the the NBA makes, so they couldn't they couldn't go out and do nothing. So they signed a bunch of one year deals, where they had cap space going into this much uh, better free agent market. So yeah. I, I like that. I like that. I do like the strategy 
But you're right. If he strikes out with nothing again, then we'll have that conversation. And yeah, and that's, now, that's all I'm asking for. Yeah, yeah. As of now, I like what he's doing because, again, between Thomas and Thad, that's $25 million of cap space. That um, that they've opened up. And you got guys like John Wall, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Zach Levine. Those are all names that are uh, Terry and Prince. We, uh, and his, his name's been thrown around, thrown, thrown around for a trade this year, right, Force? Yes. But even if we don't trade for him, he's a free agent next year. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton from Phoenix. Uh, there's quite a there's quite a bit of names. Tristan Thompson for all the ladies out there. <laughs> you want to be a Kardashian? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the women would hate the Spurs. Mo Bamba oh yeah, for is sure. My personal favorite. But uh, yeah, there's plenty out there. So I'm not going to judge him now. But enough about next year. And again, if we make another trade either during while we record this or or by next week, we'll, have, we'll talk more about it. What are your expectations for the rodeo road trip? Oh, man. I just want us to come out and have fun, right? We talked about this. Is not We don't want to call it a, you know, a tanking season. But I want our young guys to go out and and bond, right? That's that's where in past our teams have always really kind of solidified themselves and, and grown closer on this road trip, and really, you know, turn turn the season. Like if they were up and down after the road trip, they they were usually rocking and rolling. So I just want us to go out and have a bunch, have fun, right? That's that's what a, what I want for the boys. And I'm glad you said that because I know a lot of Spurs fans don't like the rodeo road trip. They take it as a disadvantage, but I do take it as kind of a mid-season training camp type of vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, Josh, is Josh still on? I don't think he's having some technical difficulties. But I agree. Now, one thing I wanted to point out, it looks like Primo, it's funny, he's getting playing time with the Spurs, right? He's on the roster for the Spurs, but they're still sending him to Austin. <laughs> yeah. In between. So it's like they kind of. It just feels. And like that yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll applaud them for doing that. Like if you can make it, if you can figure out a way to make it happen on both with both teams. I mean, the kid's nineteen. Give him all the freaking minutes he can get. Exactly. I was gonna say that's. It's pretty much a best case scenario, right? Some of us want him on Austin because he gets to play 30 minutes a game. Some of us want him in San Antonio because he he needs to learn with the big boys. He's getting both. That's the best case scenario. Now, I agree. There oh, there you are. Yeah. Now, we joke about him going up and down 35, but Jesus, I think in the last three weeks, he's gone back and forth like five or six times. Yeah. The people at Bucky's have to know him, right? <laughs> Someone's got to reach out to him. I just found he had an Instagram. I didn't know he had one. Someone's got to reach out to him and figure this out. Like, where is it? Where are his stops? Where? His, yes, that's a great question. I'm gonna see what I can do. Instagram is not as, cause you know, like on Twitter, you can just find out. Twitter, you can tweet him. Yeah. 
Instagram, I'd be he'd be posting a random picture like of his dog, <laughs> yeah. and it'd be like, "Hey man, just just wanted to know where do you <laughs> stops on I thirty five? If there's an opening though, I will shoot my shot with that. There you go. If he if he posts, you know, going up up and down thirty five, then I'll ask. I like yeah, that we act know. like you have to make stops between here and Austin. We just like yeah. buckies, but I mean, it's not that long of a road trip, but. No, no, it's not that. But he does it so much that he's got to have routines. Yeah, like maybe or he just a... wants to get there. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he has zero routines, and our whole this whole bit is for nothing. Yeah, but I what, know when I go to Austin. I stop. What what makes us think oh, that an yeah. a primed NBA athlete stops at a gas station and gets like chips and sodas and snacks and barbecue? Because he's eighteen. <laughs> yeah. They still have to. I mean, there's not like there's a fancy place to stop. But Bucky's is packed, and he's fairly recognizable. Does he yeah. want to walk through Bucky's? Yeah, but I is think he, he maybe like. Do the people of New Braunfels know who he is? I think uh, enough that some people would start to crowd, and then a crowd would. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Not like Eminem going somewhere, but yeah, I mean, I think he grabs a grabs a smart water from his house and hits the road and doesn't, doesn't stop. <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say, but smart water was going to be what I said if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought smart water. And maybe he doesn't go to Bucky's. Maybe he, maybe there's a restaurant. Maybe he's a big Dairy Queen guy and there's a Dairy Queen on the way. There's a couple barbecue spots. Maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe he's like, you know what? I'm in Texas. I'm going to stop at, you know, Cooper's or something in Austin or, you know, there's, there's gotta be something. He's gotta have a route. You do that drive that much. You have routines. Well, slide in his G- DMs, JD. Ask him. I'm, I'm going to try something. Cause I, I got to know. I got, it used to be a kind of funny joke, but as much as he goes back and forth now, it's just, we'll call it our obsession. Like we need it. <laughs> but I could tell you, there's no way he stops at the, out- he probably stopped at the outlet once or twice, but there's no way that's like a routine. He's not grabbing those U.S. Polo Association shirts. <laughs> but we'll see. So the rodeo road trip, uh, first first game kicked off tonight. They lost to the Cavs. They've got the Hawks, Pelicans, Bulls, Thunder, Wizards, Heat, Grizzlies. It's not like a murderer's row of games, but... I guess because the Spurs are, you know, we're not one of the better teams in the league. There's no surefire wins either. Yeah. I think we're just at the point, like Mouse said, you want them to compete. You want them to bond. You want the young guys to grow. But losing is not the worst thing in the world, right? Yeah. Especially with three guys at the top of the draft that people think could be number one overall picks. And they're all power forwards, which is exactly what the Spurs need. It just feels like destiny. So I'm not going to be mad at losing, but just show progress. We got our all-star. I hope we get Pop's record. Those will be the wins for the year. What a beef with the NBA for not picking one of our three-point shooters for the three-point They never do. Even, even when we were the best team going for 20 years, it's not like – yeah. I, mean, Matt, I remember Matt Bonner being in one, I think. I was going to say, that's all. Bonner, I, Brent I Barry remember maybe? being in one. I don't know if he was as a spur. We never get... We're never very well represented on the All-Star Saturday nights. 
I don't even know if you ever had a dunk contest participant, to be quite honest. So I'll research that for next week, but maybe in the old ABA, maybe George Gurley was the last guy that we sent to the dunk contest, to be honest. But uh, yeah, we're never well represented, so I didn't think we'd get a three-point shooter. It would have been cool to see Keldon there because... He's fun, right? Well, he's fun, and I want to say he leads the league in three-point percentage. He's up there at the top, which is a great development, and we'll dive more into that at a later date. But Keldon's fun, yeah. It would be cool to see him do that. I could uh, yeah. run onto the court during a dunk contest in a Spurs jersey and try to slap the backboard while doing a layup. <laughs> yeah. Don't threaten me with a good time. I may or may not get arrested, but this podcast will get some publicity. Yeah, hey, that's all that matters. All right, before we move on from the Spurs. I do want to say I went to the Spurs Heat game last week and they do a segment where they're telling the fans you know, what not to do. Like, don't throw trash on the court. Don't run on the court. Don't make obscene comments. Things like that. And they use a Parks and Rec clip for each scenario. <laughs> That's great. I'm a big Parks and Rec fan, so that made me happy. We lost by 20, but that made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the little things. No, it's just the little things. <laughs> Did they but, still do uh, the race with the dots? Oh, you're not on Twitter, are you? Oh, uh, yeah, I've been I mean, seeing really. Green Dot. Is it Green Dot, Dot that's been winning? Green Dot's like on a 10 game win streak. And it's really? Spurs, Spurs Twitter is flipping out about it. Dang. I don't know if the streak's still going, but there was a time when Green was just money. Literally. And figuratively. Money green leather like, sofa? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, they still do the, the dot race, and it's a big thing. But for the next few weeks, AT&T Center will be smelling like cow manure. <laughs> so there will be no dot races. Nope. But uh, before we get dive into other sports, and we do have plenty to talk about, Something random, a topic came up between my wife and I, and I wanted to ask you guys, because we're all about the same age. John, is, I don't talking? know if you could talk about that on this type of podcast. <laughs> it's kind of is like that. So, <laughs> you know the song WAP, right? Yeah. My wife was like, oh my, I can't believe that's a radio song. But then I got to thinking, we had some pretty dirty songs back in our day. So I wanted to ask you guys, what are some oh. of the dirtiest, not album, not a deep cut. I mean, like a radio song, like a single. I, I mean, I, Two Life Crews, Me So Horny was. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's going to win. Does it get worse than that? I don't think it does. What are some other contenders? I, I mean, some 3-6 songs, right? Like um, Tongue Ring. But Let me see your tongue. Are those singles? Because like Slob on my knob was popular. Yeah. But it wasn't a radio <laughs> song, was it? I don't know. No. Uh, it was like, go ahead. WAP was one of the biggest, if not the biggest songs when it came out. So I'm talking like massive. Well, that's that's why I went no. Two Life Crew. Yeah, yeah Two Life Crew is a good one. Uh, Salt and Pepper, Push It. Was uh was it Splat Pack? Was it Scrub the Ground? Was that a that was a big song? Scrub the Ground? No. That's, isn't that yeah. about dancing? I thought it was well, they were a pretty uh, racy talking group. I thought it was a sexual song, but maybe not. I don't remember the lyrics. 
Sing it. No. Dance. No, I want to see him dance. You want to see him on the ground? Yeah, do you? <laughs> I won't be able to get up. <laughs> uh, what else? What else came up? Baby got back. But even Baby Got Back is, I mean, it's talking about butts, but there's nothing super explicit in there. Like, they're, they're not talking about, like, just straight up doing it. Your anaconda don't want none? Yeah. Well, shit, to that, to Nicki Minaj Wap. has that song. Nicki Minaj has uh, Anaconda, I think it was. The yeah. song's pretty raunchy. Yeah. What'd you say, Mouse? I said it's hard to beat WAP, like, in terms of... Yeah, you're not going to beat it. I was just trying to think what would, what would be our representation, but I think Josh wins with Two Life Crew. Yeah. You remember that song "Too uh, Too Close" by Next? Oh, bro! Yeah, I was just thinking of the name of that song. <laughs> That's a song I didn't t- really pay attention to until exactly. like, wait a minute. Yep. This That's song is catchy, that. but uh, I couldn't think of the name. I know you can feel it, right? Didn't they say something like that? Yeah. Girl, you're dancing real close, real real slow. <laughs> you're making it hard subtle. for me. Those, those are the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and when like you're making it hard for me, I'm thinking like, yeah, man, it is a hard decision. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. And that one was catchy as hell. That's probably the best like under the radar great one because I think everybody kind of has the same sort of like, wait, this song is dirty. <laughs> now, what do you think the kids bop? There's a kids bop version of WAP. Could you guess what WAP stands for for Kids Pop? What is that, like a remix? A kid's uh, remix? Yeah. Yeah, like kid version of songs. I can't believe they would do that to even let kids know what the real one was. Uh, no, no idea. It might even appeal to you guys. Uh, wings and Pizza. Oh. That is amazing. <laughs> I've never heard it. It came up in conversation with uh, uh, a friend of ours. And that's what how, that's what started the whole conversation of dirty songs. I saw somebody on Twitter in their little biography. They named their uh, Wi-Fi stuff Wi-Fi access point, but it was just WAP, like for short. Right. I thought that was fun. Oh, look at that! Made me want to steal that. All right. Well, that was good. I think Josh won with uh, two life crew. Yep. Going out a winner. <laughs> All right. Speaking of winners, we have oh. a new. Uh, flyweight champion of the world and he's from san antonio texas yeah what what there you go (laughs) jesse bam rodriguez won the wbc let me make sure i got this right uh junior bantamweight title and mario barrios also from san antonio he fought hard. He went full rounds with Keith Thurman, but he he came up short. I think all in all, though, Saturday night, having two local fighters fighting, that was probably the biggest night in San Antonio. Besides not having a big event here, I think it was the biggest night for San Antonio boxing. Yeah. Uh, Rodriguez is only 22 years old. He's the first champion to be born in the 2000s. Oh, dang. And he's the youngest champion in the sport, obviously, right now. Um, he uh, he fights on the zone. He came out wearing Spurs Fiesta colors, robe, and met in trunks. And then Mario Barrios has an amazing shirt. 
it's this it's last year's San Antonio Fiesta logo with him on it like fighting in front of it uh, both of them obviously made San Antonio proud I'm looking forward to seeing what both of them do Rodriguez obviously is a title holder so he'll be defending that in the near future and we'll keep you up to date on his career and Barrios I have a feeling he's gonna start he's gonna start having a Leha type career where he's gonna be the measuring stick for mm. for the big taking that next step yeah yeah and he's either gonna end a few rises or he's gonna be this you know like I said the measuring stick he fights for PBC which has a ton of welterweight names um, so you'll be seeing Barrios a lot I don't it probably wasn't the best decision for your first fight at 147 to be against Keith Thurman, but I know it was a big payday for him. You know, he went for he went for greatness. No, no shame in that. But um, but yeah, I just want to bring that up. I'm not a fan of Thurman either. I've never liked that dude. Something about him, the way he talks, or something. I, I kind of went the other. I used to be, and then somewhere along the way, I just kind of like. He, he's good. I, I don't knock his talent. Like he, he's yeah. good, but I yeah, yeah. Somewhere along the way, I just kind of. Same thing happened with Sean Porter too, though. I used to love Sean Porter, and somewhere along the way, I just kind of like yeah. I don't know if I like Sean Porter anymore. But yeah, I could see Barrios fighting a few of those guys like Porter, Danny Garcia. If he's still in in it. I think Porter retired. Did Sean Porter retire? I think after this last fight where he I lost right. uh, what uh, Crawford, I think he said he was done. Now he's still young, so that could change. But yeah. But we'll see. And then, of course, Bam. For Bam, you're going to need to have the zone, I believe, to to see his fights. But we'll definitely keep you up to date on when they're both fighting again. Um, but it's good to see San Antonio well represented. It's cool that the Fiesta Colors and Spurs travel with the fighters. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's yeah. how they identify where they're from. I like that. Now, uh... On to some more winners and losers. It's the Super Bowl week. Oh. Is it? It is. Yeah. That football season ended last week. (laughs) We'll start with, you know what? We'll start with the NFC. The Niners and Rams, for the third time this year, went at it. And unfortunately for Josh, the Niners couldn't make it seven in a row against the Rams. Joshy, how you feeling, man? Good. I mean, I'm over it. Not good that we lost, you know, but uh, it was two weeks ago. It, it sucked immediately after the loss. But uh, I wouldn't say anger is the emotion. It's just like, man, it sucks because the, in the last 10 years, we've been in two Super Bowls and you get there and you lose and you're like, man, you got to start all the way over next year. Like right at like just back at the beginning. Uh, and this one, I don't know if it stings more or less. Like we were one game from the Super Bowl, and now we got to start over. And it was a Super Bowl I thought we could have won. Like once Cincinnati beat uh, the Chiefs, I was like, well, I think we could beat Cincinnati. I didn't think we could beat the Chiefs, so I kind of got a little extra pep in my step, thinking, hey, this is us. And uh, nope, the universe wasn't it wasn't in my favor. So we are starting over. Does it sting? It was against the Rams, who you had beat six times in a row. No, not more, uh, any loss to a division opponent. Kind of sucks. Um, 
I would like it to have been at least seven in a row, obviously, because, you know, we'd, yeah. we'd be in media row this week. But, uh, I mean, the fact that it was six and we lost, I, I don't put too much in because maybe the last two are relevant, but the other four different teams, different squads, different people. So, I, no, not really. All right. And then, uh, like, like Josh mentioned, the Bengals had a – Great comeback against the Chiefs. The Chiefs were dominating that game. They looked, they looked unstoppable. The Chiefs looked unstoppable, and the Bengals have done this all year. They just keep hanging around, hanging around, and then Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase do their thing, and they, they did the exact winning. same thing to the Chiefs twice. Now they were down, I think, at half the exact same score in the regular season, and just managed to pull it out in the second half. It's crazy. It, um, the Bengals seem to be the team everybody's cheering for. I think because the Bengals are historically an underdog. I think everyone likes Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's now a star. Not yeah. a star as in a football star. I think Joe Burrow is a household name in America. Um, it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. There's no real storylines. Like I was talking to Josh about this earlier. Mouse, are you... Are you watching Super Bowl coverage? Are you watching ESPN a lot or NFL Network? I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm like following it, you know, maybe the local radio guys on, on Instagram and things like that and like seeing some of their clips and getting the clips on Facebook, but I'm not, I'm not really following it. Yeah, me too. And it's funny. I think the game's going to be good. Like, I'm, I'm ready to watch the game. There's just no storylines that draw me to... NFL Network or ESPN. And it's kind of a weird thing, right? It's 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 gonna be a good game, but there's no draw there's no drawing power. I mean, you know, I just said Joe Burrow's a star, but there's nothing to make me hey, let me check to see what he's doing. Like it's just it's just waiting for Sunday, really. Yeah. And it's hard to root against either quarterback, right? Like Stafford too. I mean the guy the guy's you know, been through a lot and so loyal to Detroit for so yeah. long. It's not hard to root against it's it's hard to root against Stafford. It's not hard to root against the Rams only because yeah, they stacked their they're stacked them yeah. And I want it to fail. It'd just be funny if if it just didn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want Von Miller to win. It'd be funny if he didn't. Or uh, Odell Beckham. I never liked Odell Beckham. Stafford, you know, take him or leave him. He's like you said. He's he's gone through a lot of losing. So it's I'm glad he's experiencing this, but. Nah, I'd be fine if he loses. It'd be fun to see Joe Burrow. It'd be fun to see New Blood. Yeah. And Jamar Chase. I just love watching Jamar Chase play football. Just, it's amazing. But what are your predictions? Not who you want to win. Uh, uh, Josh, I'll go first, Josh. Uh, Rams by 10. Okay. Not my, just for what it's worth. I'm, I'm rooting for Cincinnati in case that wasn't clear. But yeah. prediction, Rams by 10. Yeah, I'm pretty close. I mean, I mean, my heart says or hopes Bengals. I hope they win, but I'll go Rams. Maybe twenty-eight twenty to take to take it. I think I'm with you guys. Eight to ten points. I think that here's here's where I'm struggling with this. We keep saying that the Bengals' horrible offensive line is going to bite them in the ass. And even when it starts to bite them in the ass and the Bengals fall down in points, 
they just keep managing to win. But I, I, I think Von Miller and Aaron Donald are going to be too much. I honestly, if you're looking for a, one of those crazy bets, you know, with you know, put down like five bucks with, with pretty good odds, I would bet on one of those two guys or both of them to be the Super Bowl MVP. I think they'll have that much of an impact, and I'm sure the odds are, you know, a defense alignment winning MVP is pretty rare. So I'm guessing the odds are, you know, pretty fun if you put a few bucks down on either one. But I think they they end up being the difference makers, and the Rams win. Uh, 28-17. I, I everything you said, I agree with. The Rams, like you are the the Bengals, like you said, they've they've been able to come back. I just, uh, I don't think they face a team with as good of a front and Jalen Ramsey also covering a, a wide receiver out there. So, yeah, I think it's going to be harder, but. It's possible if they the blueprint that the 49ers kept using to beat the Rams was quick, quick passes and, and misdirection runs like that keeps Jalen Ramsey and the, the defensive line guessing. So it really neutralizes him. So they're going to have to do something like that. I think Jamar Chase isn't I don't think he's going to have his game going for 80 yard bombs. He's going to need to be all over the place. Now, these two coaches. And Kyle Shanahan were all on the same staff. Is that correct? In in Washington? Uh, I don't think um, the Bengals coach was the picture. Are you talking about that picture? Where it was the three coaches? Yeah. Who was the other coach? Uh, it was the Packers. Um, That's right. Lafleur. Lafleur. Yeah. I thought Zach Taylor, but I must be mistaken. Okay. I think I lump him in kind of with that group of young offensive minds, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if they, he was on that squad. I think he was a, wasn't he the coach for McVay. No. I th- I think I know we're we're all over the place here. Um, yeah, he coached with with uh, McVay. Let me see here. Oh uh, yeah, he was a quarterbacks coach in 2018, wide receivers coach in 2017. So I wonder. That's interesting. I, I wonder. So you figure he's from the Shanahan, like, tree, right? Do you think, and that's what I was getting at, do you think he calls Shanahan? Probably not. I I don't think that, I don't see any direct correlation between them for him to pick up the phone. But it is interesting to see these two guys who have coached with each other going at it. It's always an interesting matchup. Despite some uh, awkward handshake, Shanahan and uh, Rams coach. They're, uh, they're, they're friends. Well, that's, yeah. So I, I don't know how much he'd help them. Yeah, and there's no relationship. So, okay. All right, well, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl a lot. Next, Obviously, next week we'll talk a lot about it. I'm looking forward to the halftime show. This is probably the most hyped I've been maybe ever <laughs> are, for a halftime are we, show. Are we too hyped? Are we setting ourselves up for disappointment? Uh, no, because, well, I don't know. No, because it's not like it's a long concert. They're going to play. Well, that's the thing. Like, you're going to get, like, 90 seconds of anybody's one song kind of thing. Like, That's what I mean. I'm not expecting a full concert. It's just going to be hit after hit after hit after hit. So I don't think it'll disappoint at all. We probably want more. But if you go in knowing it's a usually, what, 20-minute show? I, the halftime shows in the Super Bowl are twice as long as normal. 
but I don't Maybe know that 30? it's all a halftime show. I think it's 30, but I think there's like a five to eight minutes yeah. of talk. Okay, so, um, so I know I know I'm going to get 30 seconds of nothing but a G thing, yeah. gin and juice, whatever. I'm looking forward to that. If this is a kickoff to a world tour from this group, do you go? Yes. If they come, if they come to San Antonio or Austin, I go. Wow. Well, did y'all see just a little bit ago? I got an alert that Snoop Dogg officially acquired Death Row Records. Yeah, I saw that. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah he's the owner of Death Row now. That's amazing. To yeah. come back. Well, more so because I know Dre hadn't been making any money off of the Chronic album. So maybe now. So maybe now he'll perform those songs where he might not have. Are they going to come out wearing some death row gear, chains, something on Sunday? I don't know about chains. I could see something like that. No, no. Never mind. I think they're going to come out looking old school LA. Yeah, I think. Maybe some Ben well, Davis. Nah. Put that, if you go to Vegas... Put a prop bet on that. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's gonna be wearing a death row chain, oh, wearing a blue, a, a blue. Yeah. What did you think? I don't know. I didn't think. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably wear. Well, I don't know. They probably. It would be cool now that Snoop owns it. The, the if that is a prop bet, I hope you got your your money in before Snoop bought death row. Yeah, pay me my cut too when, when you win. Um, yeah, I can see them. <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting them to come out a low rider onto the field. Yeah, yeah I could see that. Um, I don't know how Eminem and Mary J fit into that, but they're both iconic artists, so I don't mind. Yeah, I throw them in there. Um, it's gonna be fun. Is is fun. Mary J gonna be uh, in a dancery this weekend? A what? No, Mary J. Dancery. Doesn't she have a song where she says she makes up a word called dancery? No, I don't nothing. know. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You missed me with that one. Y'all are not Mary J fans. That's a, that's an odd flex. <laughs> <laughs> that's an inside oh, joke. One of our older friends used this term wrongly, but I regret. Um, I hope I get some. What's the four one one? I'm guessing we'll get real love. She has a song that I absolutely hate, but it's massive. What is it? The, the let's get it crunk in here or something. I think that's, that's the one that's they use the one. for the the one that they use in the uh, commercial. That's, that's I, the one I she says. Up in this dancery. Be, oh, I didn't know that. I hate the song, so I don't know. I don't know the lyrics too much. That'll be when I go get a beer. That's the only song I hate, and that's probably the song they'll play. Um, but I hope I get some other stuff. Eminem, what do you? Josh, you're the expert. What's a big stadium cloud? What's his go-to? My name is? I think he'll do stuff with Dre, so I keep falling back to Forgot About Dre. I'm trying to think of songs where they oh, rap yeah. together to try to save time. I don't Forgot know if he does Dre a, be, a yeah. solo song. Um, I think it probably be something later like in the commercial rap god or something like that like a bit from that um i don't see him going all the way back to my name is or anything until I, I collapse is probably one of the best stadium songs but it's not a it's not a single yeah that's playing too much to us it's not the whole not yeah the whole that's, i forgot about dre if i was gonna make a, a prop bet that that's that 
the song that will for sure get played. I, I think it's Forgot About Dre and Nothing okay. But a G Thing. I think we hear those two songs for sure. Okay. All right. And then um, Kendrick Lamar, does he get anything besides Stay Humble? He has it like giant hits. I just don't know them. But the, yeah, does so, he fit? Does I, he I think he'll get song? maybe maybe a song and a half. I don't know. Okay. And maybe they let him jump in on a verse, maybe a NWA song. Mm. But we'll see. Now, one thing I was gonna I was gonna say, Ice Cube was left out of this, and it feels very obvious. Poor Ice Cube had to. He did the halftime show. I don't know if it's called halftime show. He did a NASCAR <laughs> event this past weekend. It was in LA, so they got Ice Cube. Oh, you should have seen the crowd. They did not know anything about Ice Cube. Oh, he was. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, we know there could have been a reason he didn't do it. I mean, do y'all I think, wanna... do y'all think we get any surprises? You know how sometimes those, someone has been mentioned or. Hell, maybe it's Ice Cube. Yeah, because that, that happens sometimes where people pop up. It does. It just feels like there's already a lot of people. Yeah. Is there room for a surprise? What would you do if it was Suge? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'd just stand there? I mean, yeah. he doesn't dance this? around in your videos or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're really dating ourselves. I don't care. <laughs> do, we get, do we get a Tupac hologram? Dude, that would be cool. Oh, man. Oh. The crowd would go nuts. I don't think we will, but I'm rooting for a Tupac hologram. I'm glad we're I'm surprised those didn't. Happens. I'm surprised those didn't take off more after that Tupac hologram some years back. Like, yeah, I remember It was that. such a kind of a cool-looking thing. I'm, I'm surprised there's not more of that. Maybe it costs too much. Yeah, because that was probably like a minute, and who knows how much it costs to do that. Yeah. All right, so we, we do sound very excited for this halftime show. <laughs> Let's see how many of our prop bets hit that we've mentioned on here. We'll make, we'll All right. Um, we'll talk more. I wanted to I wanted to dive into the Cowboys uh, cap situation, who to keep, who to cut, but we'll do that next week. We'll give the Super Bowl its love and leave it at that for uh, NFL. Did you guys watch any of the skill competition or Pro Bowl? Uh, yeah, I watched probably the – I just missed the first quarter of the Pro Bowl, and then I saw a good chunk of the skills competition. I know it gets dogged on, but I'm going to tell you what. The skills competition is a hit with kids. Oh, it's fun. I don't know why people dislike it. That's You can't play a game where people are going to get injured. I don't even care that they don't tackle each other in a yeah. game. Like, switch it to flag football. That's fine with me. I, I just like to watch them out there having fun and playing. Um but yeah, the skills competition, that's that's what adds something to the to the weekend. It's fun watching like Kirk Cousins try to throw against two DBs through holes in the wall. Like yeah. it's just silly fun. My kids went crazy for uh, Trayvon Diggs catches. Yeah, that flip was dope. Um, I'd also like to officially congratulate Micah Parsons for being the fastest man in the NFL. Yeah. And I won't hear any I know Tra uh Tyreek Hill pulled up, but he just pulled up to save face. Yeah. And that's my story. I won't argue with you. That's my official stance on this. All right. So we got the Super Bowl coming up. We got the rodeo road trip. We had the Pro Bowl. We had all kinds of things. But, fellas, what the world wants to know, what are you watching? 
Josh, you can go first. All right. Uh, I won't spend too much time on the first one. I watched what you mentioned two weeks ago, I think, the Times Square Murders. I don't know if that's okay. what it's called. It's on Netflix. I know we talked about it, but we haven't recorded since I watched it. Um, that was really good. Uh, if you like seeing, you kind of touched on it, what New York was like in the 70s and, and, and whatnot. It's, it's a really cool uh, documentary to watch. Um, I went to the movie theater and I saw Jackass Forever. Uh, if you How like was that? Jackass, if you like Jackass one, two, and three, you will like Jackass Forever. Uh, it's the same movie as the last three. People getting hurt, people doing gross stuff. You got a couple new faces, and then all the old faces. That well, most of the old faces. Uh, no Bam, and uh, obviously no Ryan Dunn anymore. But um, funny movie. I I laughed probably to the point of tears at times. Nice. Um, it's it's just good. Uh, and lastly, there's this. Uh, I don't know if either of y'all have stopped on it. Have you have you seen Murderville on Netflix? No. Mm-mm. Okay, so it's like a comedy, but it's it's awkward. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. He used to be on a Saturday Night Live. Um, he's a Will he's detective. It is Will Arnett. There you go. Good, good job, Mouse. Did you uh, look it up? What you? Can you give me a little bit more credit than that? No, I'm did impressed. Just, like, how, how did you know it was that person from SNL? It's in my, it's in my brain. So, okay. no, I looked it up. The way the show is put together is weird. So every episode, he has a, a new celebrity partner. Episode one was Conan O'Brien. Episode two is Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I haven't. Those are the only two I've seen. Uh, Kamel Nanjiani. Um, the sister from uh, Schitt's Creek is one of them uh there's there's like eight episodes it's apparently like half scripted and half improv so will arnett and whoever his guests are like conan and and marshawn lynch they're they basically know a rough gist of how the show's gonna go and they're trying to solve a murder and whoever the guest is has to pick at the end of the episode who he thinks solved or made who murdered the person and, but it's it's a it's funny, and you can kind of see them break at times because it is a lot of improv. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is surprisingly funny. Like he's not an improv. Like Conan is, is he's he came from an improv background, so there he's good at it. Uh, but it, it's kind of weird. It's not like you're not cracking up the whole time because it's not a fully scripted show with jokes. It's just two people kind of being funny in a in a scripted environment. Uh, its originality is, is probably the biggest uh, selling point, and uh, I, I did laugh. It's funny, so I would say check it out if you want something different. Uh, and that's that's pretty much it, outside of uh, just reruns of house flipping shows and what have you. Okay. All right. So for me, I got I started Ozarks again. All these people talking about it. I know it's people love it. So I think I watched. Maybe a couple years back, we watched like the first two episodes. We just never got hooked. Um, so we decided to, to jump back into that uh, this weekend, and, and we're officially hooked. So I don't know what ha- – sometimes you just got to watch it a second time, and, and it maybe feels different or something. So. And where are you at on that? I think we're still in season one, like episode seven or eight. Okay, okay. So hopefully uh, we'll, we'll make our way through it pretty quick. So we're excited. I like it a lot so far. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Um, did they ever get uh know when that second part of Force coming out? Um, 
I don't. Just like... I did. I did finish the first part of season four. That was on my list. But while you're talking, let me see if I can find it. Okay. So uh, watched Ozarks. Um, watched another episode of 1883 on Paramount Plus, which I think is getting better and better every every episode. Um, on Netflix, I watched this movie, or no, it's a show actually. I don't know. Have y'all heard of it? The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Ditto. It, it was kind of like it was, I guess, labeled as a comedic horror movie. So they try to do some like weird, funny stuff, but it was interesting. It was like I had no idea where it was going. It was kind of all over the place. Um, but uh, I think the episodes were only like 30 minutes and there's maybe eight or 10 of them. So I think it's it's worth a watch. I think there's going to be another one. So if there's another one, I'll probably watch it just to kind of a, an unusual uh, show. But the, the neat thing about it, San Antonio Tai is the uh, the creator. I think his name is Hugh Davidson. He's an Alamo Heights grad. So, oh, nice. uh, yeah. So San Antonio representing out there uh, with that show. Um. Finished up Gamora season five. I don't know if I talked about that last time on HBO Max. So I'm officially done with that show forever. And uh, the last thing is I watched. There's a, a Cody Johnson documentary on Amazon or Prime Video. Have you seen it, JD, by chance? No, I haven't. I think it's fairly new. It's pretty good. Uh, you know, talks about how he got started. So it's called Dear Rodeo. And uh, okay. it's on a- Prime it. Video. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. All right. That's oh, all I got. What about you? Hold on, John. Before you start, I forgot one. Uh, the Tinder Swindler on oh. Netflix. I'm going to start it's, that pretty soon. It, it's a movie, so it's a one one watcher. It's not a series. Okay. Uh, it's like an hour and a half, I think. Um, uh, two or three weeks ago, I, I had said I watched uh, The Puppet Master, which is about a con man. This is also about a con man, um, but completely different type of con. And... Uh, it just, God, it, may, it genuinely makes you hate these people, but uh, it's an interesting watch, and uh, it's just about a guy on Tinder who takes advantage of women that he meets and is, is pretty good at it, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's worth a watch if you like watching that sort of stuff. All right. All right, I got a decent list here. Some things that I think we'll both of you want to watch, too. So I did finish Ozark Season 4, Part 1. I just looked it up. There's no official date on the final half of the last season, but there is. They are hinting that it's coming real soon. That you don't have to wait nearly as long as you think you would. Um, of course, that's on Netflix. I watched two separate documentary series on A and E. The first one was the Janet Jackson documentary. That oh. was. It was amazing. It was so good. Now. I mean, she's had an amazing career, crazy life. But I think what makes this documentary good is she's a full participant. Um, her second husband was a filmmaker. So there's a lot of good footage of her, especially at that period of her life. There's some footage of her fighting with her producers. And it's a pretty ugly fight. Um, Did they actually show that on TV? It's on A&E, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I caught one of those episodes. It's yeah, it's really good. It was good yeah. I, I was I was hooked. Um, there's also footage of her and Michael Jackson writing the song "Scream" together. Oh, like like they're just in his 
apartment. It's very candid, you know, footage. It's very good. Uh, she goes deep into a lot of things. Her, her life's been crazy, and you almost feel bad because none of it's her fault, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just things happen to her. But uh, it was really good. And then I'm watching, and this isn't over yet. I think I've watched four episodes, and I think there's more. Uh, the Secrets of Playboy. It's about, obviously, the Playboy, you know, Hugh Hefner, his whole empire. But it's all about scandalous things. It's not like a documentary portraying his rise to fame or anything. It's very, it's extremely, like, behind the scenes. I don't know how much I believe, but a lot of dirt on the whole situation. A lot of things you didn't know. And there's one episode where they pretty much accuse a celebrity of kidnapping two Playboy waitresses. Oh, wow. And holding them hostage for three days. I don't want to give away who it is, but if you go on Twitter, you'll probably see it. And it's a bombshell because it's like this this celebrity's dead, but they accuse him specifically of doing something horrible. Uh, just a lot of things like that, drug use or drug dealing. Um, one episode's about the, that girl, the girls from The Girl Next Door, the old TV show. It's really interesting. It's really good. It's obviously scandalous, but uh, so far there's four episodes. Um, I watched a documentary on Paramount Plus called Console Wars. It's a story of, of Super Nintendo and uh, Sega Genesis, how they kind of both, how Nintendo dominated the market and how Sega tried to come up. And it, it's really good. Is that why you asked that question in group chat? Yeah, because I remember, I remember when Super Nintendo and Sega were the two things, right? And I know, I mean, some kids could afford both. Some kids had to pick. Um, but that's what the documentary is about. It's really good. It's it's only one, a little over, an, I think, hour and a half. A real good deep dive into, into that. It's swayed. It's more from the perspective of Sega. But um, it's real good. Wasn't the Sega out first, or no? No. So hmm. Nintendo came out. I think Sega was out before Super Nintendo. Yeah, Super Nintendo. That's what I mean. Yeah, but Sega was trying to compete with, you know, the Nintendo brand. Oh, it was God. good. It was real good. Um, one thing I want to talk that I know you're going to like. Remember oh. when you and I watched uh, the Comedy Store documentary? Oh, yeah? oh yeah? Yeah, it was great. There's a new documentary that came out last week on Amazon Prime. It's called Fat Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Fat Tuesday was Tuesday nights in the 90s and early 2000s where the comedy store was reserved only for black artists. Oh. So for the longest time, Fat Tuesdays didn't really cater to black artists, you know. So it starts off the doc. I don't want to get too much away, but it, you know, it's it's very much our generation, right? Martin Lawrence, Chris Tucker, uh, Dave Chappelle, all those guys. It's really good. I think it's three episodes on Amazon Prime. It just came out. It was fantastic. It was such a good uh, quick series. I'm not going to tell you anything else. but uh, Yeah, I've definitely watched that before, before next yeah, week. I knew you would, too. I, I think this has, and I wanted to tell you about it before. Like, no, I want to get. I want to tell you on the podcast. Um, so it's called Fat Tuesdays. It's really good on Amazon Prime. And then the last thing I got on my list is Book of Boba, which is the series that's been on Disney Plus about Boba Fett, Star Wars. I know some people listening probably didn't care for the first couple of episodes. 
stick with it. The final two episodes are amazing. Uh, the last episode just dropped today. It's one of the better things I've ever seen about Star Wars. It is really good. It so I know Book Book of Boba has been very slow burn, a lot of complaints, a lot of it justified, but they did save the best for last. The last episode was so good. My kids haven't really watched it with me. They were glued to the TV for the last episode, and they were standing on the couch, cheering and like in it. It was really good. Uh, and I wanted to I wanted to watch it before we recorded because. You know, when something comes out that's that good, you start seeing it real quick on social media. Yeah. So I watched it before somebody spoiled it for me. <laughs> and, I and that's it. the last I'm one like, of the season? It is. Yeah. So, and if you haven't started it, you can watch all seven episodes. And, and again, it starts very slow, but man, does it pay off at the end. It has everything you want. But uh, that's it for my list. Before we go, I wanted to give a quick review. It's a restaurant that we've done before, but they opened a new location. Uh, I'm talking about Guillermo's Italian oh, restaurant. Yeah. So they opened it. They have their original location, which is a small. It's a small location off of Brooklyn Street downtown. They opened a new one off of Austin Street. About It's probably two blocks in front of the Pearl. The location's really cool. The menu's exactly the same. So it's the same great food, great Italian food. Um, they have a big outdoor area. And I wanted to review that now. Now that the weather, you know, we're getting into the really nice weather of San Antonio. Where eating outside doesn't mean sweating your ass off. Yes. So they have a big outdoor area. And they have a nice outdoor bar with a good amount of <clears throat> beer selections. And it's a full bar. My wife had a sangria, I believe. She loved it. Um, you can also eat inside if you, you know if you want to. It's in a cool area. Like I said, it's only about a block or two from the Pearl. So if you want to eat something, you know, not at the Pearl, but you still want to hang out there afterwards, it's a great spot. Um, again, we reviewed it. We reviewed the original location just a few weeks ago, but I wanted to tell people about the new location just so you know it's. Same great food, same menu, everything. Uh, just a little little more room, I guess you would say. But um, what I would do is, if you want to go to Guillermo's, I would call both of them to see if there's a wait. When I went to the new one, there wasn't a wait at all, and the outdoor area was nice and open. But, um, yeah, you could call. I know the original always has a little bit of a wait because it's smaller, but... You can jump onto the new one, or maybe the new one takes away some of the weight, but uh, it's worth it. Especially with Valentine's and that's another reason. With Valentine's Day coming up, it's a great date spot. Um, so if that's something you guys are looking for, or ladies are looking for, um, Guillermo's is, really, is a, a good spot to do it. But that's it for me, Mouse. Um, next week we'll talk Super Bowl. We'll deep dive more into the Rodeo Road Trip. I want to talk a little bit more about Keldon's growth. I think it's, yeah. kind of, it's yeah. surprisingly it's gone under the radar, which I I wouldn't have thought possible before the season started. And we're and me and you are going to try to fix the Cowboys' cap issue. <laughs> I think I think we'll agree on most stuff, but they have yeah, a lot so. of they have a lot of maneuvering to do. 
So we'll dive into that. Of course, we'll watch some more stuff, um, review something else exciting around town, and everything you come to expect with Spurs and Salto. We might even have a guest. We're going to start having more guests on. Um, I, there's a few that I have lined up that I think will be uh, a lot of fun for the listeners. But uh, till next week, go Spurs, go. Spurs fans, welcome to an emergency recording. Our first one. I'm your host, JD. And with me, as always, Mouse is in the house. Hello. All right, so we're what we're going to do, this is a little weird. For some of you, you've already listened to this week's podcast. And we talk Spurs trades, we talk Super Bowl, all kinds of things. Well, we posted the episode in the morning. And Brian Wright, GM of the Spurs, decided to make us look like idiots. <laughs> and just went on a trading spree. So we're going to add this. So for those of you that haven't listened to the podcast yet, this is going to be added to the end of the podcast. So um, it'll sound a little different. You'll hear our sign-off for the, for the podcast. But if you kept listening, you're hearing this. And for those of you that have already listened, um, I'll try to reach out to you personally if I, if I can figure it out. And, and uh, I'll repost this. To give a little update, so uh, let's dive right into it. Brian Wright and the Spurs have decided to go full rebuild. Um, if you listened to this podcast earlier, we we discussed a Thad Young buyout, and I told Mouse to be ready to be upset, and boy, am I wrong. Thad hey. Young and Drew Eubanks get traded to Toronto. For a first round pick, I'm already confused. There's already there's been so many. There's been so trades. much. He it's uh, a we gave we gave a second, Thaddeus and Drew, and we got Gorgon and a first back. That's protected. That, lottery protected, but Toronto should make yeah. the playoffs, and so that won't yeah. be an issue. And the second round pick we we gave them was one of the. We had it Detroit. From, Detroit, from Detroit. I don't remember what trade we got that one from. Yeah, me. But it was. I, I was. I was thinking the same thing. And it's not. You know, it's not a huge move up, right? Because I think it's probably like a jump of like ten spots, maybe from like 30, 21 or something like that. Maybe eight spots, but it's still a first. Yes, exactly. Uh, so you trade that young who didn't play for the Spurs this year. I mean, yeah. he had he, he logged in minutes, but what I mean is he was not a part of this team, past, present, or future. So instead of a buyout, which would have made Mouse extremely angry, yeah, would have. They get a first-round pick. As for Drew Eubanks, his minutes were going to be pretty much washed out now that Zach Collins is healthy. So they don't give up anything of value. Um, as for Drogan, he'll be bought out. The crazy thing is, he earns I think it's three point five million more than Thad Young. So that money will be added to the cap space the Spurs have this coming up. So they added cap space, if if my math's correct. So they get even more cap space and they get another first-round pick. Great move by Brian Wright. And then he wasn't done. He goes out and trades Derek White, which I think really shook 
Spurs fans, the whole core of this, Derek White's been a, what would you, uh, you know, part of the foundation of this franchise for the last few years. Yeah. They trade him and his $70 million contract for Richardson. Uh, who are the other players? They got another first out of it. They get two young players. Richardson has one more year on his deal, so. And Romeo. Be... Yeah, what's his name? Romeo. Uh... He was a first-round pick. Romeo. Uh... Oh, my God. Why am I drawing a blank? As I look that up, again, pardon me, we're, we're focused more on the picks. So the Spurs now have three first-round picks in this upcoming yeah. draft. I know Mouse like to make fun of our second rounders <laughs> coming up in, in 2027, but they've got a lot of ammunition coming up, you know, this summer basically. Langford, she's Romeo Langford. There we go. Not sure how much they'll play for the Spurs. Now they are under contract, so they're not. I don't think the Spurs will just flat out ignore them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But. I don't see where they fit long-term or even short-term. So it's Josh Richardson and Romeo Langford. And it's a top four protected pick, but the Celtics aren't drafting in the top no four way. anyway. So the Spurs trade, I'm pretty sure they're two oldest players and Thad Young and Derek White. Yep. They trade a lot of cap space off the books and they have first round draft picks. What I also like about this Derek White trade, look, I like Derek White, but I think he's maxed out. He's 27 years old. He's about as good as he's going to get. And this Spurs team is not going to win in the next year or two. So you give his minutes to Devin Vassell and Josh Primo, and you get another first-round pick out of it. I, I, everything Brian Wright's done today, I've, I've loved so far. But how about you? Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, earlier in this podcast, I said, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta start looking at him if he doesn't start doing things right." You know, and we know how I feel about second round picks. And there's two things that excite me where I'm at in my life, and it's my wife and the first round draft picks. There you go. And we got a couple of those. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. I feel like I need a cigarette. I don't even smoke. Like all this stuff that's happened today. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? This is not this old Spurs that we know where we just sit back and, and watch. And that's that's what I wanted, right? This is this is the type of action that I want. Like we gotta make moves, we gotta shuffle the deck, and we gotta try and, and, and hit a home run. And we don't that doesn't happen by sitting back and watching. And uh, and Brian Wright, he's he's active. He's I mean he's done all sorts of stuff today, made all sorts of moves and uh and I'm excited for it. I'd rather swing and uh, and miss right and strike out and then just sit back and hope it comes to us one day. That's a really good way of putting it. They're definitely swinging. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, it feels like a full tank, but I don't think they're gonna be a worse basketball team like just this year. You know what I mean? Like th- this year versus next year. What I mean is oh. after these trades. Like, Dad Young wasn't giving you anything. Drew Eubanks no. wasn't giving mm-hmm. you – Zach Collins is an upgrade from Drew Eubanks in the Yeah, rotation. he's going to ball out. You're going to miss Derek, Ry- Derek White, but seeing Vassell play more – Yeah, they can pick up the slack. And Primo play more. Uh, Lonnie Walker has a few more months to prove it, and there's there's now more minutes for that. Yep. 
I don't, even if the Spurs play a little worse, it just helps their chances for a top three, top four pick. And how fun is the draft going to be this year? Like this yeah. is three easily, first round picks. Easily the most fun draft in Spurs history. Well, scratch that. They've had the they've had the number one pick twice. Yeah. yeah. So all around, pound for pound, best draft night for the Spurs. Yeah. And who knows? We might even land the first pick. This, you know, uh, I was thinking about it earlier. Yeah, for sure, that'd be nice. I was thinking earlier, you know, it, not that it's as, we traded away as big of a player, but this is the type of day that's a, a trade like the Cowboys made, trading away Herschel Walker, loading up on all those picks, and creating a dynasty, right? Like, this is we, – we could sit back in two years from now and be like, wow, remember when we made all those trades and, we, and look who we got out of it. That's a and great we, point. That's a great we set point. our franchise up. So that's what I'm hoping for. Because it might be even bigger because – in the NFL, there's 22 starters, so you need yeah. to. It takes a it, it takes a long time to overhaul a roster. Mm-hmm. If the Spurs if the Spurs hit on all three picks this year, yeah, then you're 100 percent right. This will be the defining moment of this franchise post yeah. Big Three. Yeah, and I think we're we're super excited, right? We love. I mean, it sounds like we both love what we've done today, but now now the kind of the uphill. There's, there's still a lot of work to be done. We got to hit on these picks, and I, I think we will. Right, I have faith in our, our front office, but we got to hit on these these first round picks. So, are you cheering for them to lose now? To get I'm that never cheering. <laughs> not, not to lose, but yeah, you give a little nod every time they lose a game. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm not mad. It doesn't make me angry. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's the way to look at. Like, I'm not unhappy when they lose. Like, but I I, uh, I still want us to win. Would... Yeah, because if you're packaging three first round picks and one of them is a top three, yeah, come that's on, a, that's a franchise changing day. Yep, and um, they have a ton of cap space, so they can go out and go big game hunting this off season. And here's a point Carl Schoening made on ESPN, uh, our San Antonio sports star, just about an hour ago. Really, he made a great point. Even if you can't attract a big time free agent you now have the draft capital and cap space to trade for one. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't just have to go out. You don't just need cap space for free agents. If you go out and you trade for a big contract, now the Spurs can easily absorb any trade they possibly made. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. I know Ben Simmons is off the table, but if you traded for him, you were going to have to take on that contract. Yeah. Or James or any, any star. Yeah. The Spurs now can do that without blinking an eye. Yeah, we've, we've said it on here, at least I've said it, we're, we're probably going to have to overpay, right, for, for that star if, if we want them. And now we we can. You know. e- easily, yeah. They can write a check, and it's it, uh, it's like Jerry Jones writing a check for jet fuel or something. You know, it's yeah. not, not, it'll be nothing. So they, if you're going to suck, and let's be honest, the Spurs, you know, they suck this year. If you're going to suck – you want two things. You want draft picks and cap space. Because yeah. if you suck and you don't have those things, the future looks horribly bleak. Mm-hmm. It's bleak, yep, yep. But if you have a young 25-year-old all-star, three first-round picks, and as much cap space as you could possibly stockpile, that's a great way to move. Yeah. And I think more than anything, today just – it gave fans – Spurs fans, 
a new hope with the front office. Because, you know, you're not the only one that's kind of been iffy on the front office the past year or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, you know, there's been rumblings that maybe they've lost it. Maybe Brian Wright's not the guy for the job. But I think today will silence that. And I think even the most negative Spurs fans or just critical will say, you know what? This front office knows what they're doing. They did everything yeah. right for the trade deadline. And the future looks bright. Yeah, man, it's exciting. It was an exciting day. I, in and out of work appointments and every time checking my phone, like, what the heck is happening? Seeing all sorts of stuff. Oh, I know. I, I put out one tweet at Spurs and Salsa. I think I just said Spurs fans aren't getting any work done today. <laughs> and it's been one of the most popular tweets that we've ever had. <laughs> I think it's like 30 whatever retweets, 200 something likes. Oh, dang. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, we, we had to jump on here. So it's funny because most people that listen to this podcast, they're going to hear us in the beginning. And we're going to sound a little outdated. And we're also going to sound a little dumb talking about that young. But we had to jump on here, add this at the end, and give Brian Wright his flowers, man. Good, great job today. It's uh, We're recording this. It's 2.27 p.m. So the trade deadline's been passed for 27 minutes. You think he's lighting up a cigarette? Taking a, taking oh, a yeah. A little scotch? Cigarette, yeah. Maybe a cigar. High-fiving everybody? Yeah, for sure. Probably on I Twitter, hope he is. Looking for all the haters. Yeah. But, yeah, great job, Brian Wright. Great job, Spurs. Um, Did you see uh, the Jontes Kevin Hart picture? Yes. I mean, obviously, I mean, Derek White's his boy. Yeah. But, um, but again, I like that Vassell will probably be in the starting lineup. I like that Primo will get more minutes. I like that. I don't know if the Spurs are giving up on Lonnie or not, but if they have it, he'll get some more burn. You know, what I do like, too, is the Spurs, this has been a let's see what we got season. And they obviously didn't like what they had in some areas. So they acquired a bunch of draft picks and cap, cap space to go out and change it. That's exactly what you do. Yeah, First round picks, too. You know, you know how yes. to yeah, yeah, specify yeah. that. Three <laughs> first round picks. That's nice. So the last two years, we've tried to have a Spurs and Salsa draft night party. You know, where we meet at a bar, a restaurant. Some of our listeners can meet with us. It hasn't been able to happen because of COVID. But if things stay, you know, safe, this has got to be the year we do that. Yeah, absolutely. We meet at a bar. We meet at a restaurant. Whoever wants to come out and watch. Because, I mean, it's a great day to watch the Spurs draft. There's going to be three picks. Yeah. But uh, we'll definitely have to do that. And we'll make it as centrally located as possible for, you know, Spurs fans around the city. But uh, that's something I really want to do. For our longtime listeners, they know I've been talking about it. We did a virtual one for the NFL draft this year, but we got to do something nice for NBA draft because three picks, man. But uh, I'll let everybody go. This podcast is now one of our longest ones ever now that we've added this, but we had to add it. Uh, We'll deep dive more next week into, uh, like I said, Keldon and – what the roster looks like now. We'll know more about who's getting the minutes that have opened up and probably start. I don't want to look into mock drafts just yet, but if you're a Spurs fan, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't stop you from doing it because there's plenty yeah. of again there's got three three to choose from. But uh, all right, until next week, go Spurs, go.